Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. what I believe. I believe that God is not just in one box. God is all over the place. Amen? Amen? And, and I know you guys get tired of hearing me all the time. So, you know. <laughs> so I, I try to give you some, some other flavor. Amen? Amen? You know, um, like I said, I'm excited. I'm so excited about what God is doing here at Uptown Church. Because one of the things that God always tells me, he says, don't look at me with your eyes. Look at me with your heart. Amen? And that's one of the things that, 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 that sometimes, and it, can I raise my hand, sometimes when I feel like, oh my goodness, what is going on? What's going next? And the next thing the Holy Spirit says, you're not looking at me with your heart, Greg. I said, okay, I got you. I got you. But when we look at God with our heart, we see him in a total different manner. Amen? I got a word from the Lord today, and it's called the message. Amen? Say that with me. The message. Amen. This is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I really love. Because you know what it entails? It entails our witness. Amen? Our purpose. And the message of salvation. This, what, this is what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ so exciting. The message of salvation. Sometimes we go through our Christian lives and, and we lose this message. Because of our everyday uh, life and things that we go through at work. If I raise my hand and be honest with you, sometimes... At work, they get on my nerves. If I, can, I, can I be honest? They get on my nerves. But it is the Jesus in me that goes, mm, I got to go outside for a moment. But the message of salvation is about deliverance, right? Amen? Amen? You know, the... The, the, the true testimony of the cross is when people are allowed to see you real. That's the true testimony of the cross. Now, now we have been in this thing we, we call church, and, and then we have uh, the traditional Christian uh, um, that you put the Christian face on and you're going through chaos. And somebody says, how you feel today, Greg? Oh, God is good. I thank you. I thank the Lord. Praise him. And then you get in your car and you're just breaking down crying and saying, Lord, help me. And the Lord is saying, I had somebody right in front of your face that was willing to pray for you, but you said, God is good. Being real, being real and understanding your circumstances, understanding that God, now we, we heard it today, I'm talking about, I got excited about them two words, and, and God is in your circumstances. We have to understand that no matter what happens, there's a testimony in every circumstance that we've ever experienced in our life. There's a testimony. You know, uh, I'm really trying to keep this real, but we are going to have young marriages walk through that door. Amen? And if these young marriages walk through this door and the and, and, and only thing they see is what we want them to perceive that they see is perfection. They see this marriage over here that's been, they've been married for the last 30 years and, and the only thing they see is 
the kids all lined up, hair all done, and, and everything, and, and they done argued from the time they done got in the car until the time they got to church. But when they walk in, praise the Lord, God is good. Well, God wants that marriage who's been married for 30 years or 20 years or 10 years is that when that young marriage walks through and they're going through problems and they're having pain, they want to be able to see a testimony of somebody being real with them. Not all the kids look good and sitting all down on the line knowing as soon as they get home, they just running all over the place. But God wants you to understand that your testimony has power. Amen? That it's all right to have disagreements. See, being real with God is being real with yourself. Being involved in a church family means that I have to be real with Vincent. Yes, I'm senior pastor of the church, but Vincent also needs to know the man, Greg. Because if he knows the man, Greg, then he can respect the pastor, Greg. But if he never knows the man, Greg, then the only thing he has is the image of what Greg is. Being real is about having a testimony. The testimony is Jesus Christ. We think that, that, that oh, Jesus, you know, uh, he's the son of God and the son of man, that Jesus never went through anything. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus went through a whole lot. But if I read my Bible correctly, in all the scriptures I read about Jesus, he was real. He was real with himself, and he was real with everybody around him. When Jesus come walking through, and, and I, I, I just love this part, when, when, when they said that Jesus is coming, and Zacchaeus, he ran and got up in the tree just to see Jesus. But Jesus had a long journey. He looked up, and he seen Zacchaeus. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, come on down here. I'm going to your house today. And everybody around him said, how is he going to go in the house of a tax collector or a sinner? But what Jesus showed me in that is that when I was in my own mess, he kept yelling, Greg, I'm going to sit up at your house one day. Come on. Come on. And he never gave up on me. If he would have gave up on me, I wouldn't be standing here today. If you'd have gave up on you, you wouldn't be sitting in the seats. Amen? Amen? We have to learn how to allow God to use our experiences. We have to learn how to let God use our experiences, whether they're bad or good. Because I'm, I guarantee you that, 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 that I can sit down with some of the best of them and tell some good stories. But when I tell them now, I tell them that I can get a young man this way. That I'm letting him know I haven't, I haven't done this all my life. I've experienced everything that you think you're about to experience. But it's only through the salvation of Jesus Christ that I'm able to be alive today at 62 years old in May. And tell you what I used to do back in 72. Amen. That's being real with someone. I'm not trying to hide my past because my past doesn't dictate my future. My past is only an experience that Christ Jesus has delivered me from something. Amen? That allows me to know that salvation is real. Let me, let me quit talking. Let the, let the word speak for itself. I want to go to Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. And I want us to see this particular passage 
in a different light because Jesus is about to give part of his testimony. Amen? Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which, are, which, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now that is a part right there is that, is that we think sometimes because we got four or five verses in us that we just know the Bible. But Jesus said that he had to open, open their minds and open their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. What a testimony that is by itself. And the repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And they are witnessing, witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have endured with power from on high. Verse 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them and, and it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. That's a witness, isn't it? Isn't that a testimony? And, and we're continually in the temple praising God and blessing God. Amen. Jesus is revealing himself in a special way, and he gave them his testimony. This is just part of his testimony. He is telling them that the whole scripture is about me. He is telling them from the Old Testament to Psalms to right now, it's about me. He's saying right now, it's time, church, it's time, world, it's time that you understand the scriptures to fulfill your mission and purpose and destiny for the kingdom of God. See, something happens when we get an understanding about something. Is that, is that when we get an understanding about something, then we start moving. But as long as we don't have an understanding about it, we sit and we're stifled like stagnant water. The water is there. Stagnant water is there and it has a smell and if you got to drink, you got to boil it and purify it and then pour it in the cup. But if the water is running and the water is streaming, and if you're in Colorado and the water is coming down from the mountains and, 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 and the snow is melting and the water is coming down and it's running, it has no time for it to get stagnant. And if you're thirsty, you can just throw your cup up underneath there because it's nice and cold and drink it. Amen? In order to get the message of salvation out, we first, must can't, we first cannot take it for granted that somebody else knows the word or have heard the word. This requires patience and grace and love on our part just as Jesus gave the same grace and patience to his disciples. We must be able to tell people why Jesus had to suffer and why it's so important that he rose from the dead on the third day. But he gives us the answer. See, one of the things when I was in college, one of the worst tests I could not stand to take was an open book test. I could not stand to take an open book test. Why? Because the answers were right in front of me, and it took me 45 minutes to find it. I'm talking about I studied all night. I'm, I just know I'm ready. Then the, the, the instructor says, now open the book, and you can have this open book test, and I'm sitting there looking crazy. Man, I know I know that. And I'm looking through all the pages trying to find the right answer, and I already know the answer, but I'm, I'm second-guessing myself for the answer. Couldn't stand the open book test. 
That's why he said he had to open their minds up or open their understanding to the scripture because the Bible is an open book test. Amen? He gives us the answer. He says, for the repentance and remission of sins. That's the answer. Should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And I want to say beginning in Grand Rapids, Michigan. God is telling us that our harvest is right here at our own doorstep. We want to go to, to, to these mission fields and, and go to Guatemala and, and go to these other places. And, and we're forgetting about our own backyard. I prayed this morning about these young kids killing each other. They haven't even started life. And they're killing each other. For what? $20? Because you disrespected me? Because you said something about my mama? Back in the day, we used to call that the dozens. We used to sit around all day long and talk, play the dozens. Nowadays, they get offended. But these kids, they have to learn how to live first. Our mission is right here. The harvest is right here. This will allow God to get the glory. Amen? One of the things that is in my spirit to do is this summer, I want to open up this back parking lot, and I've been speaking this to different people. I want to get one of them old bouncy tents and, and barbecues and, 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 and passing out hot dogs and hamburgers. And, and then I want to also have uh, uh, people with the barbershop come in and, and cut the kids' hair. Why? I want to get to know them. Amen? John the Baptist stated at Jesus' water baptism, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who will take away the, the sins of the world. John was actually saying that Jesus' mission field is the world. So if he is telling us that and I am a part of him, then we have to start right here. How can I, how can I go out into the world and I haven't even got up to my own front door? That don't make sense, do it? Amen? The message is life over death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the reason he gave us life. He told them to go out and preach. Jesus is telling us that he is building his church through obedience. Let me say that again. Jesus is saying that I'm building my church through obedience of my servants. Amen? Let us get something straight. I, I really want to kind of get this together right now. We're not talking about a social movement. Amen? We're proclaiming that Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day. We're proclaiming that he forgave our sins. That he gave his life. For whom? For you. If you need to rededicate your lives, that's why he died on the cross. That's why he rose on the third day. We're not supposed to sit in one, like I said, the water. We're not supposed to sit like, like stifled water and gain that green stuff that, that you know, that when you walk by, you be like, oof. Good Lord, that water snake. But what we're supposed to do is allow the person that's next to you, and if you know that they're struggling, hey, hey, man, why don't you let me holler at you right quick? Or, 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 or ladies, you know, take them out to coffee or something. But what people are afraid of is that you're going to judge them. Now, I say this in, the, in this context that, that if, before I judge somebody, I got to go to my own closet, open that joker up and look and say, well, I can't judge him on that. Oh, I can't judge him on that either. Because I got so much stuff in my own closet that Jesus Christ did, delivered me from that how can I judge somebody else? Amen? No one is perfect. Obedience is something that must be learned. 
the word of God is going to speak and I'm going to get out the way. I'm going to let the word of God speak for this. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter five, verses five through ten. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was but it was he who said to him, you are my son today. I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh. Listen, listen, I want you to hone in on this. Who in the days of his flesh, when he was offered up prayers and supplications and vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly Fear. Uh, when you think about that in this context, Jesus died, didn't he? But what God did for him, he rose him from the dead. Amen? So God heard his prayer, didn't he? Didn't. Come on now, church. God heard his prayer. And rose him from the dead. He said, nope, nope, nope. That's not the end result for this. Because of godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he did what? Learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected. See, he had to learn it first. Then it was perfected. And he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now listen to another part of Jesus' testimony. And this is why in Luke 24, 44 through 53, why he was putting this together. He did not glorify himself to become a high priest. Isn't that what we just read? He did not glorify himself to become a high priest. It was his father who appointed him. See, what we have to watch out is this, is that I want to do this and I want to do that. But allow the Holy Spirit to move you. Amen? Then he told him, Jesus, this will be your position forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Why Melchizedek? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. And, it, and this explains the why, which is so important because God is a God of what? Order? He keeps everything in order, right? To whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Solomon, meaning king of peace. Verse 3, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but now here's the key, made like the Son of God remains a priest continuously. That's the why in Luke. Amen? He made a point to tell us in the days of his flesh he offered up prayers. Now, that is so important. In the days of his flesh, he offered up prayers. Why? Because his flesh was weak. The only way Jesus Christ could have got through the things that he went through was by prayer. See, we think just because he was Jesus, you know, he didn't have to pray. Well, I tell you, the Bible just said he had to learn obedience. What was the obedience he had to learn? The flesh had to learn to die and submit itself. If Jesus Christ would have never stopped and said, I'm in this flesh and this flesh do not want to die. And he, and he went to the will of the flesh, he never went to the cross. You think the flesh wanted to get hit with them cattails? I, t I, t I always tell the story that, that when, when, when them cattails hit the ground, I'd have told it all. You know, clink, clink, clink. Yep, yep. Nope, 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 nope. It was him. It was him and him. It was her too. That's the flesh. I'm just being honest. 
But the Bible said he didn't say a mumbling word. Why? Because he learned to put the flesh under control. Amen? So he, he prayed with tears to save him from death. And it was heard because of godly fear. The key is learning obedience. Learning obedience is part of your testimony. Learning obedience is part of your experience. Learning obedience is part of your Christian walk. If you learn obedience, then when things come, like, you know, like when you're at work and, and them jokers is on your nerves and your flesh want to turn around and give them a piece of what? Your mind? And you've learned the obedience part of it, and you're saying, uh, let me go outside for a minute. Or if you're working on, on, in a factory, hey, I need a bathroom break. You know, you, got, you just got to get out of it for a minute. But I remember there was a time that I'd have turned around and said, what? Let me tell you one thing. But I had to learn that. Amen? The key is, is, is he had to learn obedience through the things he suffered. I found that very interesting. Through the things he suffered. Not talking about through the things you suffered. Through the things he suffered. So in other words, your, your trial and tribulation is different from the next man or the next woman. Don't think just because you went through it and you look, but you can't do that. Lord ain't never told them they can't do that. But just because you can't do it, you're going to put yours on them. I just went somewhere with that. I'm going to leave that there. The Bible says, then he was perfected. See, he had to go through all, these, all this in order to get perfected. And then the Bible said, then he became the author of eternal salvation. See, he had to go through learning the obedience, then he had to be perfected, and then he became the author of eternal salvation. And then it says, to all who obey him. Why? Because he is the only one who rose from the dead on the third day. Amen? Then the Bible said, then they called him, then God called him as a high priest according to Melchizedek. In other words, continuous. Never stopping. Let's get back into Luke chapter 24. He is, he is also telling us that this cannot be done without the power of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, whatever I'm talking about today is none of all. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit in order to get me on my knees to pray. It takes a willingness. It takes, me, it takes me being obedient to my spirit when I don't want to pray. Listen, and Jesus said, and I will send you the promise. My Father is upon you, and you go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endure with power from on high. In other words, Jesus is telling them that in order to get this power, you're going to have to stay diligent to it. We think sometimes, well, if I went in my closet and I prayed for five minutes, that's good. That's a good start. But I'm also telling you also is that here at Uptown Church, we're doing something new here. Minister Pam, she, she's here on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. And she's opening up the door to the church where you can come in before you go to work on your second shift job or, 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 or in between. You can come in and pray. She's going to be here. But it's going to take dedication. It's going to take willingness. It's going to take you getting out the bed. It's going to take you saying, oh, okay, let me, let me go out over here on Tuesday and I pray. I'm not saying you got to do this Every day, I'm saying that you need to make some time for God. If you make time for God, he's going to make time for you. Amen? 
The Bible just said, if, I'm, I'm not talking about Greg, the Bible just said that Jesus prayed with supplications and, and, and verminy with tears that God would save him from death. And if I'm reading my scripture right, I believe because of his prayers, and the Bible said because of godly fear, that he saved him from death. He experienced it. But he also was rose on the third day. Now, my perception is he saved him from death because he still ain't there, is he? So in other words, what is that telling me that's teaching me that, that I may go through something in order to get to the end result? But he still saved me from it. Amen? Jesus is telling us that we have to start with our body, mind, and soul. We have to renew our minds. Sometimes when it comes to prayer, we got to renew our minds. We got to renew our minds. We got, we, we got to think of prayer in a different way, not in the old traditional way. We have to think about prayer that, that we're about to make breakthroughs, that we just heard it. That if you want these breakthroughs in your lives and you want this breakthrough in this church, then we got to come together as a family and pray. Amen? Amen. God is so good. I want to share something right quick, and, and I want to talk about Paul as I, I want to close out with him. Because Paul is going to give us an example of, of how to share a testimony also. Paul is going to show us that, that he can stand before whoever and speak. I'm not ashamed of my testimony. I'm not. I'm writing a book now about my testimony. Amen? Then the title of it is called 25 to 50 to Life. Read it. Read it. Because I guarantee you that, that once you read it, then you say, are you serious? But God was doing something in my life when I thought I was dead. And I went through it in order for God to place me where I am today. I didn't experience everything that Jesus did in this context that he died and rose on the third day, but I'm telling you that through salvation in Jesus Christ, I died and rose. Amen? Just like each and every last one of you. Be real with it. Acts 26. I'm going to read some verses. So, And this is Paul talking to King Agrippa. He says, then King Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and he answered for himself. He said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things which I am accused by the Jews, especially, especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions, in, in all customs and questions which, which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, and all the Jews know, they, they knew me from the first, it, they knew me from the first, if they were, if they will to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived the Pharisees. And now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God, our Father. To this promise, our 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be taught incredibly by you that that, that God raises the dead. Indeed, I myself thought I must do things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This also I did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison and having received authority from the chief priests. And when, and, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them, and often, and, and often in the very synagogue, and I compelled them to blasphemy. And and being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them, even in foreign cities. In foreign cities, in foreign cities, 
While, while thus occupied, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. At midday, O king, among the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Verse 14, and when, and when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goals. And so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand to your feet, for I have appeared to you for, for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which, will I shall, which yet reveal to you. And I, will deliver you from, and I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. Therefore, King Agrippa, I am not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I declare first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the region in Judah and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do the works benefiting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both small and great, saying no, thing, no, no other thing than those which the prophets and Moses said would come that the Christ would suffer and that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim the light to the Gentiles. And now, as he thus made this, this defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. And he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speaking the words of truth and reason. For the, king, for the king before whom I speak freely knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escape his attention since, since these things was not done in a corner. And King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do believe. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Verse 29, and Paul said, I would, I, and Paul said, I would, to God that only you but all but also all who hear me today might become might become both almost and together such as I am except for these chains. Amen. I know that was a lot of reading but let me run through this right quick. Let's take note first. He gave King Agrippa gave he gave King Agrippa Jesus commission to him. He is sending him to open up the eyes from the darkness to the light, from the dominion of Satan to God, and for the inheritance. Paul is showing us how he got the message of salvation. First, Paul got permission. That's something we always got to remember. When we walk up to somebody, we just can't walk up and say, hey, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Paul first got permission. And he spoke for himself with confidence and made the statement, I think myself happy. In other words, when you are proclaiming the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can't look all downcasted. Like, they looking at you. I want that Jesus that you got. But Paul said, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. He acknowledged that King Agrippa was an expert in the customs and questions that have to do with Jewish traditions. Don't take it for granted that the person you are talking to have no knowledge about Jesus. Amen? Ask them to be patient with you while you talk. Isn't that what Paul did? He said, don't be afraid to tell someone what God delivered you from even if it goes as far back as your youth. That's the hard time. That's the hard thing sometimes, isn't it? 
Because sometimes people are saying, well, I ain't experienced, I ain't did that. But if you are so real with God and God is real with you, you're not afraid to tell people what God has delivered you from. He said that he knew from the first that he was in the strictest sick. He was a Pharisee. Paul is telling King Agrippa, this is how I used to live. See, sometimes we are Sometimes we're afraid to tell people how we used to live. Be sure of yourself when you proclaim the promise and hope of Jesus Christ. Be transparent. Don't be afraid to tell someone you struggled with something. Paul is telling, Paul is telling us that, that he is now a Christian because he struggled with something, and this is what God delivered him from. Amen? Allow God to receive all the glory for changing your life. See, allow God to receive that glory. Amen? Because if you allow God to receive that glory, then you're telling whoever you're witnessing to that God had another plan for my life than this. Paul had to allow King Agrippa to understand that he knew the gospel. But Paul also let King Agrippa know when his spiritual birthday was too. Amen? Paul is telling King Agrippa details. Sometimes, sometimes when he said, I think myself happy, he's telling him, I'm not hiding anything from you. Paul is calling him by name. Learn the person's name that you're witnessing to and call them by name. When they use that, that term, kick the goals, about to close here, but when they use that term, kick the goals, this is what it meant. This is what it was, a pointed rod to urge an animal, something that urges or stimulates into action or spur on. Let's look at it from this standpoint. To kick against the goals is nothing less than an experience of vanity, brutal, and pointless. The Greeks and the Romans used this saying to imply a ruinous existence. I'm going to say that again. They used this phrase to describe a ruinous existence. Paul had to learn that he could not fight against Jesus because it was a battle that he was not going to win. So when, he, when we read that, he said, kicking against the goals, in other words, he's saying that he was living a life of a ruinous existence. Amen? I'm about to close here. God gives us reason why he is doing something. He said to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, the purpose, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. In Christ Jesus. My life, your life, is a purpose that everybody who sees you, who comes in contact with you, will be able to walk away from you and knowing why Jesus Christ died on the cross. Why Jesus Christ rose on the third day. Because when they leave from you, they're... they're, they're, they're they're hearing what Paul said, hey, oh, King Agrippa. Paul is telling King Agrippa, don't waste no time. He made a statement. He said, you almost convinced me. But you know what I came to understand when I was reading this is that if Festus wasn't sitting there, King Agrippa would have came around. But since Festus said, Paul, 
you sound like you done lost your mind. The opinions of other people will stop somebody from confessing Jesus Christ. That's when you have to use discernment and move them to the side and take them out for coffee. Take them for a walk. But it's your sacrifice. Say that again. It's your sacrifice that's going to get the gospel out. Amen? I want to end here. Paul makes this statement. He says that all who hear me might become like me. Isn't that a statement by itself? That all who hear me might become like me. In other words, Paul is telling them, like me is except for my struggles. He's in chains, right? He says, that all may be like me except for my chains. Paul is telling them in so many ways is that you're looking at me this way because of my chains. But I'm telling you that I'm free because of Christ Jesus. These chains don't hold me down. I'm able to stand here and speak to the king freely and I got chains on. That's a statement by itself. In other words, when I was reading the scripture, it was telling me that no matter what I've been through in my life, nothing can hold me down. When I'm proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing. That's why I make it such a point in this church that whatever you feel that you want to do and you know, read the scripture, and you know that God has pointed you that way. I'm not the man or the man of God to tell you, nope, you can't do that. I won't do that. If anything, I'm going to tell you, let's do it. And if you can't figure it out, we're going to figure it out together. Because I want you in the name of Jesus to go to the next level. I don't want no stagnated water. I want you to keep flowing. The Holy Spirit is, a, is moving. That's why I'm sitting here today or standing here today and I'm asking you that on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, this church is open for prayer. If you work second shift and you're able to get here for an hour on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, get in here. Get in here and pray. We have a mission that we're about to fulfill here. But we just read it. It all starts with prayer. Jesus had to pray. Amen? Live a life poured out to God. That's what we have to do. I'm about to end, but live a life poured out to God. Our testimonies are not powerless, but power. And this is how we change the world like Jesus did. It's what our testimonies. Our testimonies, it says, by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of what? I can't hear you, church. The word of what? Yes, that they overcame. 
So Jesus is telling us, I did my part, the blood of the lamb. Now you got to do your part. Jesus' testimony changed the whole world. Our testimony can change lives. Our testimonies can bring salvation to somebody else who's lost. Because we were transparent enough to allow them to see the real Jesus in us. Not, oh, oh praise the Lord, and oh, thank you so much, Jesus, and, 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 and you're miserable. It is, oh, Lord Jesus, you're going to get me on a tangent, but I am so tired of Christians being miserable. Because they don't want to be real with themselves. If you're real with yourself, then you can't be miserable. If you haven't, I give my phone number to everyone. If you got problems, call me. I ain't got all the answers, but we can figure it out. I don't. I don't have all the answers. But one thing I knew, one thing I can do is pray. And, and, and if the problem is even greater than that, I, we'll figure it out. We, you know, and, and, and I'm, t- I'm telling you this, do not allow depression to get you to the point where you don't want to worship God because you feel like you've done something wrong. That makes me mad. Because all you have to do is reach out We have been in a culture in the church that people are afraid to reach out because they've been gossiped about. But right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, here at Uptown Church, we're going to break that. Because if you're going through something, you're not alone. Amen? Yes, I, I got a full-time job, and, 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 and I do this full-time, but that don't mean that I don't have time for you. Amen? Amen. And, and please, if you're going through bouts of depression, let somebody know. Out there online also, let somebody know. That old teaching that, well, Jesus never was depressed. Have you ever read about the Garden of Gethsemane? If you ain't never read that, then you don't know what, what depression was. But I'm telling you this because I love you guys. Do not allow your thinking or your feelings to get in the way of deliverance. 